You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. It's a routine every day, every day, every day. And then you can take God with you throughout the day. And it's important to take Him with you, get your mindset right in the morning, and then take Him with you. You're going to do something recreationally. You're going on vacation. Take God with you and keep your mindset on the things of heaven throughout the day. And it's a challenge. But the more you do it, the more you do it, the more you'll do it. How you start your morning sets you up for how your day will go. As Pastor Danny encourages us in today's message, routinely starting your day with the Father results in a close relationship with Him. When you come to the Lord with a heart of repentance, you have a much greater chance that your heart will stay soft throughout the day. However, if your day starts with yelling at kids, rushing to pack lunches, and to get out the door, chances are your whole day will be hurried. Help yourself develop a life-giving routine. Now here's Pastor Danny in the Book of Romans, Chapter 8, as he continues his message, Life in the Spirit. can't blame our spouse. Perfection. We're the problem. And we had to know that. Otherwise, we would think, well, we do measure up. No, we don't measure up. So the law had to show us that. (laughs) The problem with the relationship was you, was me. And guess what? (laughs) You're still imperfect. You're schizo. You're schizo now. Things I want to do, I don't do. Things I don't want to do, I end up doing. And you got this struggle now. And it's a daily struggle. You've been born again. Spirit of God lives in you. You're a different person on the inside. But every day now, you got that challenge. And you're still as imperfect. You're still imperfect. Perfection's coming in heaven. But we ain't in heaven yet. Things I want to do, I end up not doing. Things I don't want to do, I end up. You got this crazy crazy thing going on. Before you were committed to Christ, you might have had some conscience, but you were doing what you wanted to do. But now, now, see, things are different. But you're still imperfect. You want to say this with me? Do it anyway. Last line, ready? Despite my continued imperfection through Christ, I've been rescued by grace through faith. Can you say hallelujah to that? He asked the question, who will rescue me? What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God. Verse 25, chapter 7, who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself, in my mind, am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. Therefore, chapter 8, verse 1, 
Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemns sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Here's what we have. We have a new relationship, and it's a spiritual reality. Absolutely blows my mind every day when I think about it. Ephesians 2 tells us you were dead in your sins, but God made you alive with Christ, and he seated us in the heavenly realms with Christ. One of my favorite verses, Colossians 2. Say this one with me. Ready? When you were dead in your sins, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He's taken it away, nailing it to the cross. 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us in order that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Christ's side of the marriage relationship now is he treats us as if we were perfect. In the sense of his relationship with us, his love for us. Oh, Listen, Christ will forgive you. He will forgive me when nobody else will forgive me. Your mom might not forgive you. Your dad might not forgive you. Christ will forgive you. You know what he does in the relationship once he forgives you? We're talking Christian now. Once you, you make a mistake as a Christian, and then you come back, oh, God, I'm so sorry. Oh, Christ, please forgive me. And guess what? The definition of love is God's love, 1 Corinthians 13. One of the characteristics I love more, maybe as much and more than any of them, keeps no record of wrongs. You'll never hear it from him again. You'll never hear, well, you remember how you messed up back there. No, done. Keeps no record of wrongs. You talk about love. He'll talk to you and nobody else will talk to you. He'll fellowship with you. He'll forgive you. Absolutely amazing. And so I say all that to come to the, I think, the most important part of the text. And these last few verses. Years ago, my wife and I went to this marriage retreat, and uh, I was excited about it because somebody else was paying for it. <laughs> and they sponsored us, and, and it wasn't a Calvary Chapel thing. It was Pastor Peter arranged it for us, and we went to Orlando, and we stayed uh, in a hotel in Orlando with other people that were there at the retreat. And we went to the first session, and the teacher, this guy, he was really good, man. He was good, a great, great teacher. And then after the first session, we were assigned uh, some things to do back in our room. And that's the part I didn't enjoy. Wendy and I had to sit and go through the list and ask one another questions. And, and I didn't enjoy it, but I, but I enjoyed the fruit of it. One of the exercises we had to do we had to ask one another on a scale of 1 to 10. We had to rate our marriage. And 1 is, you're, it's terrible, it's tanked, and you're about, to, you're about to divorce. You're on your way to divorce. 
And 10, it just can't get any better. It is right now, you know. Not a lot of people live every day at a 10. And, and so one of the challenges was you were to let your spouse rate the marriage and then you were not to react. Here's what we've discovered over the years in doing this kind of thing. The man, the husband, will always rate the marriage higher than it really is or higher than a woman rates it. And sometimes he's, not, he's just doing it innocently. Why? Because he thinks, he's, he thinks everything's okay and it's not okay. And if, you're, if your wife says, when you say, what do you feel it is on a scale of 1 to 10? If she says a 4, you can't say, 4? What do you mean a 4? And you start to tell her all the reasons why it's not a 4. It's an 8. <laughs> but after you get through that challenging, challenging exercise... Then you're to switch gears and go, okay, if, if you feel it's a four, what can I do as your husband to make it a five? And they were very clear that you don't go to, what do I do to make it a 10? Because that's like 18 things in the next 24 hours, you know, and that's impossible, you know? And so what you would do, if she says it's a four, and I think at the time I was a, I was a five, and I thought it was an eight. What can I do to make it a six? And your spouse knows. And they'll tell you. Here's what you can do. Here's what you can work on to make it a six. And then you have another meeting later, you know, and you give it time. You know, hey, how are we doing? How are we doing? If you go fishing with us, catching with us, we have a standing rule. When we're leaving the dock, we appoint one guy to pray. If you're married, your marriage has to be on a scale of eight or above because we want to catch fish. We want our prayers to be answered. Sometimes when we question, if we ask a guy, uh, we'll actually call the wife from the dock. No kidding. You say, what about a single person? We've had single people pray. And if they pray and we do well that day, we confirm to them, your marriage, your marriage is going to be all right. The last section is simply this. In your marriage relationship to Jesus Christ, what are the things you need to do? What are essentials to maintain a good marriage with Christ? And I don't know where you are in your relationship to Christ. But these last few verses tell you how to get up here. Have a good marriage. You ready? Verse 5, chapter 8. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, spiritual. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they don't belong to Christ. The real question is, have you been born again? Because if you've been born again, you have the Spirit of Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, you're still imperfect. 
The Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. There are three points, and that's the first one. You know what it is? If I'm going to maintain a good relationship with Jesus Christ, it starts with a mindset. Don't be conformed by the pattern of this world. Be transformed. Be transformed. That's something God does. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, Since you've been raised with Christ spiritually, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died. Your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. And then he lists sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. You used to walk in these ways, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. How do you do that? How do you win the daily battle of the schizo-Christian? And the schizo-Christian is the normal Christian. It's the normal Christian life. You're schizo because you got a dual nature. you got sin that still dwells in the members of your body, but you got a new heart, and you got a different way of thinking. And the heart and the mind are connected. And if your heart goes astray, there goes your mind. If your mind goes astray, there goes your heart. And so it's essential. Here's the first step in maintaining a good marriage relationship with Jesus Christ. You have to start your day with the right mindset. Every single day. And I look, I'm just telling you what I do. I'm telling you what I do. How you do it may be a little different, but some of the essentials are the same. I get up in the morning. I don't kneel at, the, at my bed because we got a really tall bed, and, and, I, and I'll just fall back to sleep anyway. And so I get up. I go downstairs. I mix my barley drink, and my, I take my vitamins, and, and right away go from there. I don't have my coffee first, although it helped me get awake more, but still, I, I give the priority to the Lord, and after I do my vitamins, that gives me a little bit of, okay, ready? And I go in the living room, and I kneel at the recliner every day. If I'm not at home, I find some place. Now, there are days that you can't do your regular routine, but if you don't have a routine, that's the problem. Some people get up just enough to get ready, get going, and all of a sudden you spend the whole day, and then you come back at night, and then you say, I'm just gonna, I really need to spend time with the Lord. And you're giving the Lord the leftovers of the day. And usually you just put yourself to sleep. You got to start the day with God. You got to start the day with Christ. You got to start the day. And I kneel at the recliner and I say the Lord's Prayer. Years ago, I thought it was wrong to recite the Lord's Prayer every day because somebody suggested it just become routine. Well, if you think about the words, it's not just a routine. Come on, with me. Ready? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Isn't that a great way to start the day? 
And so I kneel and I say the Lord's Prayer. And it gets my mind set on the things of heaven. And then I go and I sit at the counter in the kitchen. And for me, I pull out the Calvary Chapel Fellowship Bible Reading Plan. Now, there's a lot of different Bible reading plans, but I read the Calvary Chapel Fellowship Bible Reading Plan right now. And I read from the Old Testament. I read from the New Testament. I read the Psalm or the Proverb. I try to leave enough time that I don't have to rush through it. And one of the things Peter Lord got me doing years ago, I'm the most least likely person in the world to do what he called journaling. And I don't journal every day, and it used to be handwritten, but now I use my computer. And sometimes I'll be reading in my Bible reading, and all of a sudden I get a thought, and I'll type in the thought. Sometimes I'll get a prayer. I'll type in the prayer. Sometimes I'll have a question. I'll type in the question. And it's a routine. It's a routine every day, every day, every day. And then you can take God with you throughout the day. And it's important to take him with you, get your mindset right in the morning, and then take him with you. You're going to do something recreationally. You're going on vacation. Take God with you and keep your mindset on the things of heaven throughout the day. And it's a challenge. But the more you do it, the more you do it, the more you'll do it. The more you do it, the more you'll do it. And it becomes just a routine. It becomes part of your life. It's a mindset. Second, verse 12, chapter 8. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. But it is not to the flesh. Live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit... You put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. We don't have to spend a lot of time on this one. It's an obligation. But it's not an obligation like you know, I, I meet people that say they're Christians, but their Christian life, it's more of a heavy. It's more of a, I got to, that I can't do that. I can't do that, and I'm a Christian. I got to do this. That's your Christian life? That's an, that's an awful marriage. That sounds like you're married to the law. Well, I got to do this because God commands it. Wait, that's not, what kind of relationship is that? You're in the wrong kind of relationship. The relationship with Christ is Christ died for me to set me free. He died for me to set me free. I died to me to marry him. And now I'm committed, and it's a relationship. And I don't do things because I got to. I do things because I get to. I want to please Christ. I don't want to do anything that will damage our relationship because he's the, he's the best relationship I've ever had in life. It's an obligation. It's a commitment. But it's not a commitment that I go, oh, no, I got to do that. Oh, no, I get to, I get to live for Christ. I get to find out ways to please him. I like making him happy. And then third, verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry. Abba, Father. 
The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit. We're God's children. It's a mindset. It's a commitment. It's an obligation. And it is a life of submission. Galatians says that if you follow the Spirit's lead, if you keep in step with the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's simply profound. Following the Spirit's lead. Living the Spirit-filled life. I won't do the things my flesh wants to do. Two sides to the coin. Ephesians 4.30 says, don't grieve the Spirit. Don't grieve the Spirit. Let me tell you technically what that means. I grieve the Spirit when I do something out of God's will. When I do something that displeases the Lord, then I grieve the Spirit of God. And listen, as a Christian, if you're the real deal and you have the Spirit of God living in you, you know when you grieve the Spirit because you lose the peace. There's something just not right. The fellowship's just not the same because you're grieving the Spirit. The flip side of the coin, 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says, don't quench the Spirit. So one is, when I do what's displeasing to God, I grieve the Spirit. But then when I don't do what the Spirit wants me to do, then I quench the Spirit. God wants to lead me. And it happens in so many ways, so many ways. I'll sometimes during the day think about someone, and I'm like, why why did they come to my mind? I wasn't thinking about them. No reason for me to think about them. Sometimes it's just because God wants me to pray for them. Sometimes it's, hey, give them a call. Write them a note. Sometimes you're planning on um, something that day, and for some reason you feel led to change your plans. And the spiritual life, listen, it's never boring. It's never boring. And the more sensitive you become to daily, once your mind is set on the things of heaven, and then once you realize, I'm, I'm committed, not because I have to, but because I get to. Oh, God, lead me today. Oh, Christ, live your life through me today. And you'll become more sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, you'll think things, you'll, you'll do things, you'll be led, and you'll follow. And the end of that road is always life and peace. Life and peace. Well, here's where we're going to close it. In our Bible reading plan this last week, one of the New Testament verses we had to read kind of sums the whole Christian life up. Jesus' words, and I want you to say it with me. Come on, and we're going to close, but say all this with me. You ready? Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. You can't say it any better than that. You want to find life? You want to find peace? You want to find joy? You want to find out what life's all about? Jesus knows. And you feel every day, every day, get your mindset on the things of heaven. Make a commitment every day. Not because you got to, because you get to. And every day become more sensitive to the leading 
of the Holy Spirit in your life. And the more you do, the more you'll discover what life's all about. Thanks for joining us today to study the Book of Romans on the Living Word. You can check out more of Pastor Danny's teachings by visiting ccfstpete.church. Once you're there, just look under the Resources tab and click on Teachings. We'd also like to encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date on the latest videos. If you have any questions or would simply like to talk with us, please send us an email. Our address is info at ccfstpete.church. Again, that email address is info at ccfstpete.church. Be sure to let us know how we can be praying for you when you send us that email. In addition to that, we'd love to meet you in person. So if you're ever in the St. Petersburg area, feel free to join us for our weekly services at Calvary Chapel Fellowship. Check out our website for service times and all the information you need to join us. We're also live streaming our services for those who are unable to meet in person. So please don't let distance stop you from worshiping with us. Find out more on our website. Once again, that's ccfstpete.church. That's all the time we have for today, but we hope that today's teaching from the Book of Romans has encouraged you. Be sure to join Pastor Danny Hodges next time, right here on The Living Word.